Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2107. This week on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the 48th annual Forest Grove Concours that takes place July 17th on the beautiful campus of Pacific University. This show has a rich tradition that started back in 1973. You'll enjoy hundreds of vehicles in a spectacular setting. To learn more, go to forestgroveconcours.org. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Beaverton, Oregon, with a very special Fellow Porsche-file, Tim Walbridge. Tim, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. So before I give you a proper introduction, what's one little thing that most people don't know about you, Tim? Hmm. Um, you know, I've always wanted to be an acoustic guitarist. No kidding. Do you play yeah, the guitar? We're just going to go straight over to left field. Uh, <laughs> you know, I have the guitar. I actually have, this is a sickening story. I have nine guitars around my house, two <laughs> ukuleles and an acoustic bass guitar that was given to me by a friend. And over the years, about 20 of them, uh, I've picked them up and tried to play. I've studied under a couple different guys, but I've just never focused on it because cars and business and kids and family have always taken precedence. So one of these days, I will get back to the dream. Well, you know, I grew up, I learned how to play the guitar from a classic teacher who taught scales. And uh, mm -hmm. at the time, I thought, I just want to learn a song. No, yeah. we will learn the scales first. <laughs> and I'm glad I did because I learned how to read music and so forth. And I played mm -hmm. a lot and then I kind of faded away from it. But sitting in front of me is a, a beautiful acoustic washburn that my wife bought me when we were first married. So we've I've had it almost 40 years now. Wow. Hanging the wall behind me is a Fender Stratocaster limited production hot rod model. Okay. In candy apple red with an engine turned pick guard in black aluminum. And then I've got a Tacoma uh, hanging on the wall here, another acoustic guitar. So um, yeah, I I look at him and I go, I gotta pick that up and play more. And I just I just don't. But acoustic guitars for me were always my favorite. They just sound wonderful. Yeah, there's something about the resonation from the body, depending on the wood. Since I was a kid, I it's always been something that's been been right there. One of these days, I will sit down and I will make it a priority. And until then, we're just going to keep doing cars. You know, there's <laughs> well, I understand. You know, there's some great YouTube pages now where guys teach you how to play songs, in particular. And I always suggest to people in your situation, you know, take a, a t moment of time each week and sit down and just learn one song. It, it takes mm -hmm. time, and you know, there's certain skill sets and finger things and picking whatever you do. But um, there's some wonderful guitar videos now, teachers that that can teach you how to play a song. And I think once you learn how to master one song, you'll go, okay, I can do that. Now I can do another and another. And mm -hmm. before you know it, you'll be playing at your kids' birthday parties. Yeah, that's kind of what I've done over the years is just picked up and I'll you know, listen to a song and say, hey, I'm going to figure that out. And I'll go to guitartabs.com and I'll download the yeah. tabs and I'll kind of play. So I definitely can play some things, but as a you know self-proclaimed perfectionist, it's never good <laughs> yes, enough. That's the problem. Right? Yep. So <laughs> people are always like, oh, you've got guitars. Will you play for me? I'm like, no, I no, won't. No. No, they just look cool. So yeah, yeah. One of these days, I'll have the the the, the cojones to get out there and play. In front there of people, you go. So I yeah, have, I have no doubt. Well, let me give you an introduction here. Yeah. Tim Walbridge is the founder and president of Five Hundred Three Motoring. 
He's a 20-plus year veteran to the automotive world with an acute focus on quality, style, and relationships. He and his team have succeeded in building the most recognized and highest rated automotive shop in the Pacific Northwest. Specializing in late model luxury and exotic tuning, aesthetics and preservation, as well as a standalone sourcing and consignment house, focusing on the hottest makes and models on the road today. 503 Motoring has been recognized as a five-time fastest-growing business, both regionally and nationally. He's a father, he's a friend, he's a speaker, and an avid personal growth advocate. Cars, though, has always been his passion. We'll be back in just a moment to learn more about Tim and 503, but first a word from our sponsors, so give them a little love. (laughs) <laughs> They're the reason we're here every day, and we'll be right back. I love Covercraft's new five-layer all-climate cover. It was developed and engineered for anything Mother Nature can throw our way. It's very soft, breathable, and easy to store and pampers your paint and interior surfaces, providing maximum UV, rain, dust, and snow protection. Add their gust guards for windy conditions for extra protection. Their five-layer all-climate cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form and fit with a quality and attention that's been their standard since 1965. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and water craft too. Every one of my vehicles is protected by a Covercraft cover. And I have a deal for you. Use the code ya 21 at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order plus free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Just type in the word yeah, Y-E-A-H, 2-1 at checkout, yeah, 21 at Covercraft.com. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Most people don't think about their collector car insurance until their annual premium becomes due. Well, why wait and see if there are better options for your beloved rides? I didn't. Did you know if you change carriers before your policy runs out, your insurance company has to refund you the unearned portion of your policy premium? I did my homework, I shopped around, and I found American Collectors Insurance. They've been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I encourage you to call my friends at American Collectors Insurance. Ask them about their agreed value policy. And if your collector vehicle is on your regular auto policy, you will be shocked at the savings, not to mention the assurance, should something bad happen to your ride, that you'll get what your vehicle is actually worth. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866 866- 224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green and Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today. All right, Tim. So we are back. We're going to dive a little deeper in the corner, something you love to do. So 503 Motoring, how did this all come about? Tell us more. I've been into cars since I was a kid. When I was little, I saw cars as an escape, right? A means of, of getting out into the world, getting away from, you know, as a kid, we always want to you know run away from home, right? And go do stuff. So, you know, I got my first car when I was 14, 68 Volkswagen Bug, paid 400 bucks for it. I pushed it home from, from down the street and I literally got the bug, <laughs> LOL. Um, yeah. So... From there, I just um, I kind of you know played around with cars, went into the military as we discussed earlier, and then when I got out of the military, I I found myself trying to figure out what the heck I was going to do. So I got back into cars, and I've worked in almost every facet of this industry. I've worked in in twelve volt. I worked in tire production and tire sales, wheel production and wheel sales, auto body and paint, and then I found myself uh, back up in the Pacific Northwest 
working for a wheel manufacturer. And then a couple of years later, I got a job in auto body and started to excel uh, within customer service working for auto body. And this whole time I was working on and kind of doing commissions for friends working on their cars. And it got to a point uh, right about when I was uh, having my second child that I got kind of tired of the corporate bustle. I got tired of being told to do the best job you can for the client, but don't spend any of our money. Got tired of the, you know, the pay plan change, all this kind of stuff. And somebody was like, well, why don't you, why don't you just open your own shop? And at the time I had no idea, no plan. I, I was like, I didn't have dreams of being a businessman at the time. And so I did, uh, you know, uh, I, uh, all within 45 days, I sold my business, Holy bought cow. a home. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, so, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, bought a home, quit my job and started my business all in about 45 days. Gee, add, a f- add a few stress factors to your life real fast. Well, that's, yeah, as the story unfolds, you'll see that's always kind of been my go-to is, is the, is the, the hot seat's always the place where I perform best. So the whole reason behind it was that I just didn't think that the that space was being served well. Just from dealing with shops that had currently were in Portland, I'm um, trying to modify my own cars, getting parts. I just, you know, the customer service and quality side of it was just missing. It was gone. It was not there. And I just have always been driven by doing the best I possibly can from those two standpoints. So I, I did. I put a, I don't know if you remember the nickel ads, but I, I oh, put a little, yes, yes. yeah, I put a little ad out uh, in the, in the nickel ads. And at the time I had called my company TRW Motorsports, which was my initials. Uh-huh. Well, about six, eight months down the road of, of TRW Motorsports offering out of my home garage in Milwaukee, Oregon, across the river here. Uh, I got a letter in the mail from TRW, TRW Corporation. <laughs> no kidding. Um, and I got my first and probably most valuable business lesson, to be honest with you. And yeah. um, got a letter that said, they'll cease and desist. You can't do business under this in this space. And so I called the lady and I was like, I don't know how you could do this. These are my initials. Yeah, blah, this blah, is blah. me. What are you doing? Yeah. We yeah, don't care. Says, <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. No, she was great. Like you could, you could hear her chuckling because here's this massive, massive company. And right. then here's this ding dong kid in his, <laughs> you know, in his second bedroom of a tiny home, you know, crying and whining. And she said, listen, hon. Unfortunately, you can't, you know, you can't use these initials. So, you know, why don't you tell me what it's going to cost for you to change your name, change your business cards and stuff. And let me see what I can do. So I think it was, I think it was about 1600. Yeah. I think it was about 1600 bucks. Yeah. (laughs) And this gal chuckled when I told her that. And she says, I'm going to have a check sent to you. I'm going to check back in with you in about a month. Let's just see if we can't get this done. So she literally paid for me to change my name over. That's incredible. I, 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 usually a big company just like, we will squash you, you know, go away. Mm -hmm. Wow. What a nice lady. Well, this is why it was probably one of the most important business lessons I learned. And at such a young age was empathy, learning that, you know what I mean? And so so it definitely and drastically changed the course of the future uh, for the better. And so anyways, you know, just kept going through the garage, uh, getting bigger accounts with dealerships. Our first major product was paint protection film. We were working directly with 3M uh, with that, prote- uh, that, that product. Uh, and that product actually built us up to where we are today here 20 years later. You know, now we, we, uh, we cover about 15,000 square feet. We have three separate little locations that we use to, to perform all the services that we do. We have 23 employees. Wow. And uh, as you mentioned earlier, um, you know, we're a five time fastest growing business and, and we just don't really show any signs of, of slowing down. You know, it's a wonderful story. 3M, when I bought two of our BMWs, we have a, 
04 X5 and an 05 uh, E46 M3. And both those cars, when they were new, I had 3M put on the front of them. Mm -hmm. And I just had it removed. And over all this, (laughs) well, over all this time, it performed incredible. Now, I'm a maniac, so I take really good care of my cars. They're covered. Mm -hmm. Well, the X5, not so much, but my other cars always covered. But it was finally just... You know, I would polish it and keep it, but it was finally cracking a little bit and yeah. a little bit yellow. And uh, Joe Kimball here at Kimball's uh, Detailing Gid Harbor, he took that off for me and he goes, oh, man, that was hard to get off. Oh, yeah. That older product liked to separate the, the urethane from the adhesive. And so when, when he was taking that off, oh, yeah. I, I almost guarantee it left almost all the adhesive. And that's uh-huh. just a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, he did a wonderful job. Yeah. But wonderful product. So. Along with the film that you put on vehicles, are there other services and and things that you do at 503? Oh, for sure. Film was kind of a, um, it was a vehicle, if you will, to other services. So we had been doing wheels and tires, window tinting, and the product offerings just kept evolving as people would ask. And in our motto was, we want people to have one source, right? We wanted to take care of people from tip to toe. And so if as more and more clients came, the jobs got bigger, you know, the price tags got bigger, the vehicle price tags got bigger. Um, and strangely enough, my first major account was BMW uh, down here. George Stanley was the, oh, yeah. the G- GM of Rasmussen BMW. Uh, and they, you know, he, he basically gave me the first, my first big break in business. And they were my largest account for probably seven, eight years. Uh, yeah, actually up until the, the, the economic, you know, issues we had in what, eight, nine, 10 there, uh, they were my largest clients. And I mean, at at any given day, I'd have five, six mini Coopers and a couple five series in my shop, you know, getting done. But yeah, that opened the door to wheels and tires, suspension. Uh, we, we kind of dipped our toe in 12 volt audio for a little bit, but that, that just was, was not our forte. So we kind of backed away from that and let other guys kind of handle that. So, mm-hmm. wow, very, very cool. Now, you're associated with uh, supporting the Forest Grove Concours, which is coming up. Absolutely. Here. What's your mm-hmm. relationship with mm-hmm. them? Because it's a wonderful event. It is a wonderful event. And honestly, our relationship is young uh, and it's building, dealing with Alan over there. Uh, I just love that they're keeping you know, automobilia going, they're keeping, you know, the love affair with these cars going in our, in our area. Um, and so I love how they run the event. I love the professionalism. And as our brand now being 20 years, you know, in this market down here, we want to start to partner with things that are going to, going to keep the history of, of what we're doing together and alive. So we're a newer partner within the last couple of years, uh, but really, really grateful to be part of, of, of who they are. Well, this is their 48th annual event, and it's really the last Concours in the Pacific Northwest that exists. Mm-hmm. We had the Kirkland Concours up here for a while, but that went away. And the Forest Grove, that setting is beautiful. They've got multiple Absolutely. events. So mm-hmm. I think you're aligning yourself with a wonderful group of people and a legacy uh, for a business like yours has been around for a long time, too. Uh, it'll, mm-hmm. it'll make for a great marriage, for sure. So I think you're going down the right path. You know, you when I introduced you, I spoke a little bit about the fact that you're a father, you're you're friends of many people, you're a speaker, you're a personal growth advocate. I want to talk about maybe a driving inspiration in your life, someone who's been a a great mentor or an influential person that's really helped you. Interestingly, I don't really have any automotive mentors. Uh, There are people, you know, um, Ferdinand Porsche, Preston Tucker, people that were... Now, who are those? Who are those guys? 
Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, well, yeah, yeah. I've heard of yeah, him. Yeah, well, well, Mr. <laughs> Portia himself, you know, Ferry and Ferdinand, come on. And then Preston Tucker, you know, of the, course, I, of I, I always look towards visionaries. Those were the yeah. people that, as I was a kid, I really heard their stories and, and saw that there was always another way and, and that, that it would take someone to kind of think outside the box. And that, that was always a motivator for me. But honestly, for me personally, in the life that I've lived, which, which you know, I've, I always say my life has never been easy, but it's always been beautiful. Um, <laughs> Because, you know, through through pain and struggles, we find ourselves first and foremost, but then, you know, we always find the path. But the people who I've appreciated the most are businessmen and people a bit older than me that are willing to tell their story, are willing to share their trials and tribulations. And if we stop and we really listen, these people are giving us the handbook to live life the right way. Yeah. But unfortunately, you know, as most of us, we like to stub our toe, you know, a bunch of times before we finally realize <laughs> that the, the couch is there. Yes. So really for me, I can't land on one individual, but just looking to people ahead of me who've done the things I'd like to do and seeing them, how they've done them and hopefully having the opportunity to sidestep a few of the mistakes that they made or make them in my own manner and understand that this was a lesson I needed to learn. Oh, absolutely. So if you were going to give advice, mentorship to somebody who would love to start their own automotive business of some kind, like you did, what are a couple words of wisdom you would share? <laughs> I don't. We'll have to limit it down to the yeah. time we have because there's so much to yeah, yeah. that to that question. Sure. But but you know, a lot of people they look at someone like you and they go, "Man, you're just like for successful right out of the gate. How'd you do that?" Well, the iceberg no, has no, a no. lot of ice below the water. <laughs> you're only seeing the you top, know, right? This is the this is the quintessential answer. But I'm just going to say it. Just don't give up. Yeah. Right. If you've yep. got a vision, if you believe in something, if there's something that you're passionate about, you will always find a way to make a living right? If you go into this for money, stop, turn around, get back in your car and go the other way because you're not going to succeed if you're doing it for money. But if you really believe in what you're doing, why you're doing it and who you're doing it for, then you'll have no choice but to succeed. Very well said. Absolutely. And I think that ties back to your previous comment of looking at visionaries and successful people, reading about them, learning about them, reaching out to them. And the thing about the automotive sector that I've learned is people who are in this business love to help other people because we all share a common thought. If it rolls on rubber, we love it. Yeah. So, you know, there's so many people. Entrepreneurs love to talk. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a a great example of it. I've interviewed over 2,100 people who love to share their story and their Mm -hmm. success. And some of them have just been mind boggling. We'll take a short break and thank our sponsors again. We come back. Let's talk a little bit about those challenge parts of life. So keep the seatbelts on and we'll be right back. I've teamed up with AutoGeek because... Well, they've been the leading source of auto detailing products, accessories for more than 20 years. Their Pinnacle Sovereign Paste Wax is specially formulated from Brazilian Carnuba Wax. It's easy to apply on any paint surface and provides that warm glow that we love, especially me on my vehicles. You're going to love it too. A favorite of car shows countrywide, Pinnacle Sovereign Paste Wax from AutoGeek wipes on easily, requires no drying time, is easy to remove, and provides up to 90 days of protection against damaging environmental contaminants. This wax is designed to exceed the standards of the most discriminating enthusiasts and collectors. Go to autogeek.net to get yours for the best product selection on the internet today, along with their very skilled technical support. Autogeek.net. That's where I go for all my detailing needs. That's autogeek.net. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market driving, restoring, collecting, 
and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARS YEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. If you're listening to this program, there's a pretty good chance you believe what I believe that the collector vehicles we love are more than just a means of getting from one place to the other. They're a part of our culture, our identity, and as a people, they bring us together at vintage races, classic car auctions, and thousand-mile rallies. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these important vehicles aren't lost to time. RPM stands for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship, and their goal is is to inspire the next generation of vehicle restoration professionals through its outreach programs. And they include Shop Hop, Off to the Races, the RPM Future Class, and many others. These programs engage talented young people across the country and connect them with mentors and a variety of opportunities in the industry. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of collector vehicles skill trade, visit rpm.foundation today. So let's talk about this. This is the big uh, cars yeah challenge question. Some kind of big failure, challenge, obstacle, something you ran up against that really set you back. TRW, that was a good one. Um, yeah. Hey, little kid. Uh, we're kind of bigger than you, so you can't do that. I still love that story. That's that's amazing. Is there a, a one particular thing that stands out for you you could share that was a pretty rough road, but more importantly, what did it teach you? That life, life lesson, as you mentioned earlier with TRW. Oh, I would say the constant theme to to my life and professional career has just been resilience, right? It's a pretty easy word to use when you talk about entrepreneurs, but coming up against challenges and just learning that there is another side to that challenge and you are going to get through it. So I think my biggest challenge, honestly, was it was me, was getting out of the way, learning that I can't do everything myself, learning that I need to find what I'm good at and I need to excel. But in order to do that, I've got to find what I'm bad at. And I need to put the right people in those positions in order for me to do what I'm good at. So the biggest challenge for me was me. And just really, you know, we go back to that being a, a, a you know, a, a personal growth advocate, mm -hmm. just spending time figuring out who is Tim, where does Tim best fit in this, in, in this world, and then letting everything else kind of fall in around that. So right. when I finally, and it is, you know, recently when I finally got over that hump and realized, you know, what I was good at and what I was not good at, and I put the right butts in the right seats, um, man, life just became so much more easy. Yes. You know, I, I had a great discussion. I, I, I had the same challenge for many, many years, and I had a great discussion with a very successful business owner. He owned a bunch of different businesses, and I had lunch with him. I said, how do you run five different businesses? I don't understand. And he looked at me, and he said, because I work on my businesses, not in them. Absolutely. And I, I said, <laughs> yeah, I said, what do you mean? And he went on to explain it, and I went, 
Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he said he said exactly what you just said, Tim. He said, figure out what you're yeah. good at and what you like to do, even more importantly, and do that and everything else. Mm-hmm. Find other people who can do it better than you yeah. ever could. The sickness that every entrepreneur has is that is that well, not only is, we're taught that we have to do things. A lot of entrepreneurs are people who had to learn at a young age that they just had to do things on their own. But then you become a bit of a control freak because nobody can do it as good oh, as you. Gosh. Well, words you, of you death. Have <laughs> yeah, you've got to come back away from that. So we have a thing in our company called the 70% rule. People really only expect 70% because if you think about your just daily life in the world, customer service, the food you get, the services that are supplied for you, they're really only about 70% because most people are just okay with that. So when you find a company that understands that 70% rule and they strive for 90, 95%, because let's be honest, no one's ever going to be 100, right? Right, right? But if you find that company that can be 90, 95%, it's special. And, and you think about it and it sticks with you. And those are the brands that really make a difference and make a change. Right. And so entrepreneurs that can get past that controlling everything and realizing that it doesn't have to be 100% and I don't have to be responsible for every piece of this. Oh, man. Well, it's huge. You think of an extreme example, Elon Musk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you just think, how does he do what he does? But if you listen to him speak uh, in different situations, he's doing exactly that same thing. And even to the point, you know, people can beat up Tesla, quality, maybe issues, paint, whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. But he's he's definitely looking at that other sector going, well, look, we just put cars on the road and keep working on them and making them better and better. And by the way, we're also going to fly to Mars. Did I mention that? And we're going to build this tunnel over here. You know, I mean, can you imagine spending a day in that guy's head? I don't. I think the. I think his mantra, honestly, is progress, not perfection. Yes. He's just going to keep making it better and better and better. And, you know, with entrepreneurs, I've said this for years, entrepreneurs, there's earning and learning. There's no ceiling. Right. Right. There, right. We don't know when enough is enough. And so that Elon is, is a perfect example of that is, yeah. is that there will never be enough for him because progress over perfection. Yeah. Pretty amazing. And there's a whole bunch of those in the world. You go back to a Steve, for sure. Steve Jobs or mm-hmm. Ferdinand Porsche or, uh, you know, Fisker. I mean, he's still around making cars. You know, I know. You, you I look- had one of those, by the way. I had the Fisker Karma. We were one of the first people that had one and, and, and to watch what happened with that company. But but again, he was innovating. And, yes. and he, you know, so if you take what he innovated, that those those things are being used today. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. Incredible. So we love cars. You and I share a lot of uh, affection for the German Mark cars, VW and mm-hmm. Porsche. I'd love for you to share one. You've had, sounds like you've had a lot of cool cars, but one special vehicle that has stood out for you and, and share a little bit about that ride. Uh, yeah, I've definitely been fortunate to own some amazing vehicles over, over my years. Um, I'm a, you know, I, I like to experience something and then move it on to the next caretaker and then get the next experience going. But there's one particular car that I've had for quite some time that just can, will, will probably always be with me. It's a 1965 Volkswagen Beetle Type 1. Okay. Uh, it's affectionately called Rusty because, <laughs> it, well, it's Rusty. I bought the car off of eBay. For $2,100, actually, uh, up in Washington. And I went up there and, and flatbedded it out of this guy's field. And I've left the body completely alone. And it's been painted and paint's coming off and it's got rust from the bare spots. And it's just got, it's got a story. Yeah. And it's got, you look at the car and you just know, you know, there's a lot of people that kind of fake patina. 
But then you look right, at a card right. and you go, okay, That's that <laughs> card's seen some action, right? Yeah. You know, there's no dents, no dings. The body's in perfect condition, but the just it's just weathered. And um, so I bought this car when I was going through a rough patch in my life. And that car has continued to come back to me whenever I'm feeling down, I'm feeling low, or, you know, I just, I just need to to get back to simple. Um, and so Rusty, this 65 Beetle, um, you know, we've, you know, the whole drivetrain is completely new. It's the whole interior is completely new. The headliner's new, but I've left the body, the glass, the chrome, everything the way it was. Lowered it down a little bit, put some 17-inch BRMs on it. And I take this thing to car shows and it's insane because I get way more attention yes. with that car yeah, than anything else I've ever owned. Yeah, for sure. If you ever look up any pictures of my, my vehicle showroom, I've got these five lifts across the back wall and the entire top of it is typically air-cooled Volkswagens. And people will walk in and they'll walk past a McLaren. They'll walk past a Lamborghini. They'll walk past a Ferrari. Of course, some Porsches. And they'll always go, oh, man, I had a Volkswagen bug. Or my parents had a Volkswagen bug. Yeah. Or So that car really, to me, is it's, it symbolizes simplicity. And so that, you know, that, that car has just been with me and will continue to be with me because it just reminds me of how simple things can be. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at it right now. It's a beautiful little car, white with a, <laughs> a lot of goldish brownish rust on it, I guess, you yeah. know. Yeah. And uh yeah, you know, it's funny how we those cars show up at car shows and you'll have all these magn- magnificent vehicles and people gravitate yeah. towards those. And I think you're right. It's the bug helps cuz everybody has a bug story, but yep. If the car has a story and it takes you back to a healthy part of your life. And I'll tell you, listeners, uh, Tim here has some insane rides. So to say what he just said tells you a lot about the meaning of Rusty for sure. So I'm going to be your car psychologist since we're kind of going into your mental (laughs) psyche here. Okay. Kind of get you on the couch, box of tissues. So if you were reincarnated, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as the man in the mirror as a vehicle, what would you be? But more importantly, why? You know, I had to think about this question, to be honest with you, because obviously the, the, the you know, the guttural answer is, oh, I'll be a Volkswagen bug because they're just simple. <laughs> I'm rusty. And then, yeah, I would be rusty, right? But then somebody kicked me in the side of the head and goes, uh, you're nothing. You're not simple. You're nowhere even close to simple. You're, you are uh, difficult. You are, yeah. So I had to think about this for a minute and it, it actually came to me very quickly. I would be a Pontiac Aztec. Um, okay, now we're going deep, uh-huh. deep into right? psyche. Okay, See? that's a bizarre one. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm I'm very multifunctional. I'm usable, okay. but sometimes okay. people just look at me and think, "What is going on here?" But in the end, I become a Lamborghini Urus, and uh, you know, and I win the game. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think of the, the, the at this point in life when I think of the Aztec, all I think of is Breaking Bad. Oh yeah, I think that's yeah, what yeah. he drove in that thing, and it, that's got to yep. be. The extreme example of a car built by committee. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, just, uh, yeah, let's do this and that. And it's like, I'm sure somebody at GM just went, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just do it. Fine. Walked, walked away. Yeah. But it made me giggle thinking about that question because I'm like, yeah, it's the Pontiac Aztec. Because, again, it's multi, you know, multifunctional. Uh, it, it's, you know, reliable. But people just look at it sometimes and go, what the hell were they thinking? Which yeah. is pretty, yeah, so pretty much sums that up. <laughs> okay, very unique. I think you're the first Pontiac Aztec on the show, so yeah. there you go. That makes you unique. Got to be first at something. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, I always like to ask about how successful people give back and help others. One of the ways I see you do that is you have created a business that provides jobs. And in my opinion, without jobs, without providing a way for people to care for themselves, all is lost. And we can see social examples of that 
for millennium, uh, you know, in all countries. Uh, if people aren't providing for themselves, uh, they don't feel good about themselves. So that's one way I see that you give back. Also, the this uh, Concord that we're talking about today, Forest Grove, you know, they raise money for the Rotary Club that gives money back to kids in scholarships so they can help go out and, and find ways to see what they want to do. Are there some ways that you like to give back to help people primarily in the automotive sector or other ways you'd like to do it? I know you, I mentioned in the beginning that you like to, to mentor and help people. Mm-hmm. From a business standpoint, we we definitely try to help out other shops in the in the area if they're doing events or you know uh, we try to participate as much as we can. We also like to throw our own events. Again, going back to that control thing, we like we have a certain sauce we like to put into our events that we feel is pretty successful. So we actually currently are throwing this event called Church one Sunday a month. It's just kind of a pop up. We've been doing it for about two years now, almost. Well, I'm sorry, about a year and a half now. It started during COVID. Um, I was going down to, to Scottsdale uh, off and on, and there's a place down there called Four Till Four. I'm sure you've heard of it. Yeah. Um, amazing, amazing cafe. What Nico's done and is just brilliant. And so I was at one of his events on a Saturday morning and just happened to be Volkswagen, of course. So I was in love. <laughs> and I'm like, why is nobody doing this in Portland? And then somebody in my head went, why is nobody doing this yeah. in Portland? <laughs> so I came back and we started church. And it's just kind of a tongue in cheek gathering from 9 to 11 a.m., 9 11. <laughs> um, on one Sunday a month. And then that actually has, has matured into another event called Righteous Nights, which we do uh, on a Wednesday night. So when the temperatures get a little bit warmer uh, during the summer here, we'll, we do these night events. And they've grown now to where we have a little over probably 200 cars that cruise in for two hours. Uh, we've got Avance that participates now. We've got Deadstock Coffee, which is a local coffee guy that comes and makes coffee for us. We love Ian. And then Group 6, who is up in your neck of the woods, who does a lot of automotive stuff. And Jared's a, a tremendous friend of mine. Um, and we press T-shirts that Jared designs only for the event. Ian presses hot coffee out of the back of a Scion that we made for him. That's a mobile coffee barista nice, thing. Nice. And then Avant now comes and throws up a tent. And people just literally come in, hang out for about two hours, and leave. We find that it's there's 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 no preconceived notions. There's no egos. There's no, like, it doesn't matter what you drive. And so we'd like to give back in that way to, to break, kind of break down the walls and let people see that the cars are about the cars, not about any segment or, you know, click or any of that kind of stuff. So, um, and then from just a society standpoint, you know, during COVID, we were fortunate enough to be able to keep our doors open. And so we did a lot of giving back to local restaurants and bars and things like that to kind of help them stay open. And so we got our customers involved and the percentage of our sales all went to these uh, bars and restaurants that our our clients picked, and so in in recent times, that's probably the most emotional connection we've had with with the community around us, and it was it was a lot, and it meant a lot to us. All great events, and of course, Adam mm-hmm. Kramer's Avance Group. I've had them on the show, different people mm-hmm. from that group on the show, and what they're doing. So phenomenal, another tremendous group. So let's talk mm-hmm. about a great book that you would like to share with our listeners that you learned a lot from or really enjoyed. Uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Yeah. It's a super old book. It's it's. I mean, it was originally written back in, I believe, the 20s or 30s is when he first started. And, and the reason I go back, and it's not what you think it is, Think and Grow Rich. Oh, it's a book about money. It's not about money. It's about mindset. And again, it's about taking the stories from the people before you and learning from them. Um, and so, you know, Think and Grow Rich talks about, you know, basically having, you know, a, a good morning routine, about having a good, clean mind, about, you know, having you know, your, your, your mind, your gut, your health, all these things. Uh, and that moved into later on, I learned about the a book called the 5am club, uh, which is all about your morning routine. And I tell you what, if people are struggling with 
you know, how to be more productive, how to get more out of their day and how to just really live life more. Pick up the 5 a.m. club. I mean, I get more done in the morning before anyone else is up, which leaves me the rest of the day to just be a visionary. Uh, and then there's one last book. It's called The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. Um, it's a pretty heavy read, but if you're struggling with letting go of things from the past, letting go with how you receive or perceive things. I mean, this book is absolutely amazing. It just walks you right through the stories that we tell ourselves in our head and how we can lock ourselves in our own prisons. And by letting go, again, the surrender experience, surrendering to the, to the world around you, life just becomes so much more beautiful. You picked some really, really awesome books there. Those are all perfect books and uh, very helpful. Robin Sharma wrote The 5 a.m. Club, of course. Correct. Uh, yeah, so another great book. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Great. Thanks for uh, adding those to the Cars Yeah recommended reader yeah. list, which is now over 2,500 books, I think, now. There's a Holy moly. place on the Cars Yeah website where you can go and see them yeah. all. All are recommendations by my inspiring automotive enthusiast guests. So check them out. I made it really easy for you to click and buy too. So I'm going to enable you to go on the ultimate drive. I'm going to provide you with any vehicle you would like. You can take it anywhere you'd like. And you get to be with anybody you like, even somebody who's passed. So what does the uh, ultimate drive look like for you? So I would love to spend a day cruising around in a Tucker Torpedo. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'd love to have Mr. Mr. Preston Tucker himself at the, at the wheel. And the reason I want him driving is because I, I, I picture him being the kind of guy that as he's got that wheel in his hand and he's feeling the visceral energy of that torpedo around him, his, his brain is working and he's just thinking of how he can make this experience better. And I would just love to talk to him more about his vision and where he wanted to see the automotive industry go. I mean, the guy was always innovating. You know, he got caught up in politics and, you know, you know, whatever fraud could have been aside, the guy was a genius. And a lot of what he dreamt up is still in use today in the automotive industry. And so I would love to just spend a day in the sun in a Tucker torpedo and just pick this guy's brain. That would be interesting for sure. Yeah, they've got mm -hmm. a, they've got a Tucker here at the LeMay, and I've had mm -hmm. Preston Tucker's uh, relatives on the show actually, who are yeah. still building some of those cars and restoring those cars. So yeah, he was another one of those people that was just amazing person for sure. I reached out to and and his name is escaping me, but it's the great grandson, Sean. Sean, yeah. I reached out to Sean on Facebook. It was the craziest thing, probably about seven years ago. Facebook does this thing that says you know people you may know, yeah, and. Sean Tucker was there. I was like, what are the chances? And I clicked on the profile and sure enough, you know, it was the you know, great grandson. And so I emailed him and I was just like, Hey, I just need to let you know how much your father's your grandfather's story has, you know, motivated me and inspired me to just do better and be better, blah, blah, blah. A couple of weeks later, I get in the mail an original Tucker stock certificate. Oh, wow. That, that Sean sent me. He goes, I've got a stack of these. They're, you know, they're no good. They're obviously all stamped and stuff. He says, but I think I'd like you to have one. Wow. And he, he just sent me this. So I've got it framed in the office. And I mean, it's just, it's just one of those little reminders of, you know, how far your story and your legacy can go. Yeah, Sean was a he was a guest quite a while ago here on Cars Yeah. So now you're part of the mm -hmm. uh, Cars Yeah alumni with Sean, and a wonderful story to share. I've run into him several times during Car Week, Pebble mm -hmm. Beach, and so forth. So uh, yeah, what a what a history, absolutely spectacular. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you've taken us on a marvelous ride today. I've had so much fun talking with you. Before I let you go, 
Would you share maybe a success quote, a mantra, some kind of words of inspiration for our listeners? Oh, I think to sum it up is, um, you know, make a living, but make room for life. <laughs> I think at 48 years old, I think the hardest lesson I've had to learn is, is that, you know, we get so entrenched in trying to create these businesses that we sometimes stop to smell the roses. We sometimes stop to see how far we've really come and we stop to, we don't stop to see how many lives we've impacted, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, so, you know, have a vision, be married, don't be married to the path, but mean be married to the vision, let go, just know the pieces will fall in place. If you truly believe in what that vision is and you work on it and you know, make your living, but make room for life. It goes by way faster than you. Boy, it does. That's for sure. How can people learn more about 503 motoring? Well, obviously the good old WWW seems to work. We've got a new website in the works as well, uh, but there's some good content there. You can find me on Instagram at 503 Tim or our company at 503 Motoring. Uh, we're not super active on Twitter or YouTube or Facebook. Uh, so really Instagram is, or direct email, tim at 503motoring.com. There you go. Check them out. Great site, great cars, great people, as you've learned. And also, if you can attend the Forest Grove Concord, that like, takes place July 17th mm -hmm. near Pacific University, I'll bet you you'll see Tim and some of his, his uh, crew there. Uh, it's going to be a wonderful event. I encourage you, if you're going to be in the Pacific Northwest, this is the time of year to be there. Forestgroveconcord.org is where you can go to learn more. Tim, thanks for being so generous today with your time and sharing your story. This was great fun. Until you and I talk again... I'll see you, well, maybe at the Forest Grove Concord. Yes, you will. Thanks a lot, Mark. I appreciate it as well. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!